Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild Card Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Monday, September 20th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. And on this week's financial show, we're taking a closer look at real estate technology company Compass. Joining me, he's my partner in crime, folks. You know who it is. It's certified financial planner, Matt Frankel. Matt, how's everything going? Good. I'm really excited about this one. We haven't done a deep dive in a while, and I feel like you know, the fool in general, we've just kind of really overlooked this one because we've been paying more attention to the really disruptive the iBuyers and things like that and ignoring kind of the traditional brokerage model. You know, I'm glad you said that because I felt like digging into this company that it, it I felt the same exact thing. It seems like it has just completely flown under the radar uh, in our universe here. And and I'm not sure why, but we're going to remedy that today, Matt. Uh, is we're going to be talking today about Compass, uh, which is a real estate technology company ultimately geared towards providing uh, software and tools to the agents, right? I mean, this is not a a platform like a Zillow or a Redfin, for example. I mean, this is something that is providing the tools uh, for agents to be successful in a in, in an industry that is is certainly um, undergoing undergoing a, a lot of change thanks to technology, uh, and and I think for the most part in a good way. Um, but but you know, Matt, real estate has traditionally it has been a very difficult model to disrupt from from just the the old traditional get a real estate agent to buy or sell your home you're going to pay a hefty commission to do that to the tune of 6% or so in many cases uh we're seeing some companies coming to the market now that are trying to disrupt that bring those costs down redfin for example is is really uh helping to bring those commission costs down um Compass, an interesting business from a number of different angles. And just to give a little background for our listeners real quick, this is an IPO from March of this year, 2021. It's a founder-led business in the real estate technology space. But real estate technology doesn't really fully cover it, Matt. So let's just talk first and foremost, what exactly does Compass do? So they're a brokerage firm. Um, they use tech, They don't try to compete against traditional brokerages. They try to leverage technology to make that model better. So they their mission is to empower agents to really do their jobs as best as they can. And it's a they have a pretty big reach. This is the I'll tell you the statistic that surprised me the most about Compass. They have over a six percent market share of the of the entire U.S. real estate market. That's a it's lot. It's sold, sold through Compass agents. To put that into perspective, Redfin is one percent. Wow. Um, the the entire i buying industry combined, which I'm sure we'll mention a couple times on the show, is one percent. So they're a big, big player for to be kind of an under the radar company. And I don't know if they're under the radar everywhere or just just for me because they're not in my market yet. Um, but they're they're really not. They're disrupting the old technology, I guess you would call it. And They're not I really think, looking to reinvent the wheel. Well, I mean, I think that's an important point you make there because it, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about Robert Refkin, the founder of the business. But really, the one of one of the 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 core premise, right? His one of his core beliefs is that while we're witnessing this tech technology sort of disruption in the real estate space now, 
Um, he, he believes that people will remain a vital part of the real estate process going forward. I mean, this is not going to be we will talk about eye buying and the risks involved with that, but I mean, this is not going to be a business that just has this monumental shift to where everybody is just doing their business online. Now, he firmly believes that people will remain a vital part of this process, which is why he's built this company. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole selling point for eye buying is that it eliminates a lot of the pain pain points from the traditional model. Right. Right. I mean, you could do, um, you don't have to have a bunch of people in and out of your house all the time. You don't have to worry about open houses. You don't have to, you know, negotiate quite as much. It can be really tough to find leads, things like that. So Compass is trying to take the approach to solve a lot of pain points through their technology. They make it easier for their agents to find leads that are more more likely to buy, for example, which could cut down on the volume of showings, the volume of traffic into someone's house and, and kind of really market the property better. So it's, they're kind of trying to disrupt it from that side. Now, whether or not you need physical human beings involved in the real estate process, I'm not the right person to ask about that. <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the one who's all about the iBuying. I think that iBuying is going to be the way we buy and sell houses in the future for the most part. Um, but there is a lot of room to really disrupt the traditional process. It Right now, I can get more money for my house on the open market than I can through any of the iBuyers. Yeah. So I need an agent to do that. So why not use an agent that has the best technological tools available to them? And that's kind of where Compass adds value. Yeah, and I mean, I I agree with you to an extent on the eye buying thing. I mean, I do believe that is going to become more and more a way of doing business going forward. I mean, that that to me is clear. There are going to be people out there that feel very good about using that service. Um, but you noted the trade off there, right? And and that's something to remember with eye buying. Typically, I mean, eye buying it, it makes it easier, right? Now that comes at a cost. You're not necessarily going to realize the same value on the sale through iBuying that you might through the other uh, other traditional means. Now, there's also uh, the potential for commission costs and transaction costs to eat into those gains that you might realize pursuing options other than iBuying. But but I, I do think you're right. For the most part, I mean, iBuying is going to be a, a part of it. But when you look at, at the housing market in general and you think about how large the opportunity out there is, I mean, we're talking about trillions of dollars that underpin our housing market here just domestically. When you look at the market opportunity that Compass is quoting here based on on the work that they're doing, I mean, they see a market opportunity today somewhere in the neighborhood of the U.S. here around $180 billion. So, even just capturing a little bit of that, I mean, that's, that's, that's a massive market opportunity. It's something we love to see, right? Yeah. So, they have their traditional brokerage services, which are commission-based generally. They also provide title insurance, which is their closing services. That's included in that $180 billion. And they all—they recently partnered with Guaranteed Rate, which is the mortgage company I used to, when I bought my vacation home recently to kind of create their own uh, mortgage lending subsidiary. So through those three parts of the business, they think that uh, they see a $180 billion opportunity. And it's not hard to see why. There are roughly 6 million home sales in the U.S. each year for a total of about $2 trillion in volume. Now, Compass last year did 145,000 of those out of 6 million. Wow. And and they have a pretty large market share. Yeah. One thing I will say about Compass too, they have that 6.2% market share in the second quarter. They're only in 60 or so markets in the US. Mm-hmm. Their coverage spans about 45% of the US population. So they've achieved over a 6% share of the entire US housing market while being in in markets that serve less than half of the population. 
Man. That's pretty impressive when it comes to market opportunity. Now, I think they're actually further along in in achieving their market opportunity than a lot of their peers that we talk about. Yeah. But it it's definitely a massive opportunity, especially when you add in the services like title insurance and mortgages. Yeah, and you know, you would assume, I mean, at least it would be understandable if you if you if you assume that because this is such a new IPO, it's something that really we just saw here at the beginning of, of the year. Um you would probably think, okay, this is a small business. It's probably not profitable. They're probably, you know, haven't crossed over that one billion dollar uh, revenue threshold yet. And then you look at the income statement, you realize it's a company that generated five and a half billion dollars in revenue here over the last twelve months. Uh, and I mean that 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 it, it's growing like a weed, man. I mean that that from two thousand and nineteen to now, revenue is better than doubled. Um, so I mean, it just it strikes me as. Wow, I mean, this there there is a lot to this business. I mean, they're really bringing in some 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 real money there, uh, and given the market opportunity and what they're doing, it it seems like they're doing something right, and, and it seems like it would be fair to assume that growth has has a good chance of continuing. Yeah, and I mean, my first thought was, ah, this is just another brokerage business, things like that. When we started <laughs> when we started looking into it, so remember, we're comparing to the second quarter of 2020 here, which was yeah terrible. Mm-hmm. Um. They did over 65,000 transactions in the second quarter alone. That's 140% year-over-year growth. So, yes, the whole industry grew really big compared to the second quarter of 2020 because it was bad. Compass grew at four times the rate of the industry average. That's pretty impressive growth. Their um, gross transaction volume nearly tripled year-over-year in the second quarter, 186% growth. I mean, you can't argue with those kind of numbers. They're pro- they're I mean, their product is their agents. Yeah. I mean, you're, the, with I buying, the product is like your home. Mm-hmm. But with with Compass, the product really is their agent. They want to make their agents add value to the transaction. Yeah. And I think whether whether you're an I buying believer like me or not, the problem with the traditional model is agents take that six percent commission that you mentioned earlier. Do they really add six percent of value to the transaction? If you're selling a $500,000 home, that is $30,000 of agent commissions. Yeah. Did they really earn that money? <laughs> so it, there have been times when I've sold a home where I thought they did. And there have been times when I thought they didn't. Yeah. The one who sold my Key West house uh, when we moved up to Columbia and, and pocketed, I think, $24,000 in the process. Oh, man. Uh, it sold in a day and it sold to a buyer that he already had. Did he really earn that? <laughs> you didn't really need the agent, um, is what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think we, we've had, we've had the same experience. We've, we've had transactions where it felt like the agent was indisp- you know, just, just indispensable, but we've had other transactions where we felt like, well, man, I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So co- Compass is, you know, there, there's two ways to do it: eliminate the agent entirely, mm-hmm. or make the agent add value. And it, look, Compass really takes the approach where they want their agents to bring value to the table, yeah. to be able to market the property better than another agent could or better than the seller could on their own, you know, to, to, to source leads, to find buyers that are more qualified to, you know, leverage technology to market the property uh, more efficiently, to cut down on the number of showings that you're doing, really just kind of eliminate these pain points in the transaction process because, I mean, I don't want to pay 6% of my home's value for something that's just going to aggravate me for a few months. And, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I'm sure a lot of buyers are in the same same boat. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's probably room for both, right? I mean, that I, I think that's really kind of what we've been getting at is, I mean, you, clearly there's going to be a future with iBuying, and that is sort of the get rid of the agent altogether and just 
sell my house. Um, that comes at a little bit of a cost, but you get maximum convenience. If you want to pursue the, the, the potentially lengthier option there of realizing as much value on that sale, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of folks out there that would still love to uh, employ an agent to get that done for them. Um, and, and again, I mean, I think a lot of it is just location, 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 right? It's, it's going to change from place to place. Now, it is interesting to note, too. I mean, we're at a point here domestically where, I mean, we're, we're witnessing a massive housing shortage. I mean, I think I saw something to the tune of 5 million units. Uh, which it's going to require. I mean, that that is just there's a lot of catch up that needs to be played here uh, on, on the part of home builders. So they are obviously going to stay very busy for some time to come. But I think that all just uh, that all speaks to. I think we we will continue to likely see a, a fairly in demand housing market for the most part. Big picture here in in the U.S. Yeah, like inventory is low right now. Um, I, I I read that same report, and uh, I mean, in a normal time, you want to keep. Demand a little bit ahead of supply. Sure, absolutely. Not 5 million units ahead of supply. Just to put that in perspective, there's about 140 million homes in the US. Yeah. So that means there's, you know, we need, that's 5 million less than we really need to, to fill all the demand. In a normal yeah. time, it's usually in the 2 to 3 million range that, uh, that, we're, that we're short. Um, and there's a lot of reasons we're short. Home builders are a big one. Um, it's not only material costs, it's that they can't find labor right now. The, the labor shortage is everywhere, not just in, in restaurants, it's 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 everywhere. Um, home builders are having trouble finding qualified labor to keep up with demand. A lot of home builders have stopped selling, taking new orders because they don't want to build up big backlogs. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's there's there's and when there's no new homes being built, when the, the, and the point being, there's you know you need five million more homes. People are going to look at the existing market, and and that's really what you're seeing now, and that's why Compass is really thriving right now. If they actually built five million new homes tomorrow, it would be bad news for brokers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose so, but we can count on that not happening. I think. Um, <laughs> right. It, what What do you think? The, like, what is a company like Compasses? What's their edge? What do they have? One is it just the technology? Is it the drive? Is it is it this network of agents that they serve? Is it a little bit of a lot of things? What do you think this company's edge is? Well, it's all of the above. Their their scale is a big edge. Um, I, I mentioned they have a, over six percent of the market. That's a I mean that's a big network of agents. Yeah. Um, over ten, I think I read over almost eleven thousand agents in the last quarter were on their platform. Wow. Um, I mean that's a pretty big scale. Scale is a big advantage in that business, especially when you're dealing with technology. Um, it gives you a big data advantage. Uh, you can you know leverage buyer data, seller data, things like that. Um, I mean that's a pretty big advantage, I think, and and the fact that they're nationwide. Yeah, um, I mentioned they're not in every market yet, but if you, I'm looking at the map right now, and they're in all the big population centers. I mean, I don't live in a big population center, which is why they're not near me. Right. But um, I mean, they're they're in pretty much every major market. They're you know a national brand. I think scale is a very big advantage for them. It feels to me, and and we could we could pivot into leadership as well because I feel like from everything I've read, Robert uh, Robert Refkin, who's, who's the founder of the business, he's the CEO of the business, he's a young guy, 41 years old, entrepreneur, um, seems very passionate about what he's doing here, owns 6% of the company still, and he seems to be very... Um, very customer centric, I guess. And when I say customer centric, I mean his his view on serving his agents, right? His view on serving the agent. He says that I like to say that Compass is building technology to accelerate what agents are doing already. 
So it strikes me that when you have a CEO, a founder who's in touch with building tools and services that his quote unquote customers want and need, I mean, typically when you're giving customers what they want and what they need, you're going to do pretty well over time. Yeah, well, speaking of building services for customers, uh, you didn't mention the other C- the other founder. Uh, he's he's uh, currently working as the chief strategist for the business, Ori Allen. Yes, he he used to be a director of engineering at Twitter. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, and he f- he founded a few businesses. One was acquired by Twitter. That's how he came to work there. One of his businesses was acquired by Google. Um, great experience building stuff. So the pair of them, you know, uh, Robert Refkin is just kind of the customer centric guy. He's like yeah. all all about serving his. And especially about his agents, he's very agent centric. He wants to yeah. empower his agents to do their jobs better. The, you know, Compass agents are getting six percent. Uh, say Coldwell Banker, Coldwell Banker agent is getting six percent. He wants that six percent to be much more valuable to the end consumer. Um, Ori Allen's doing a great job of building the platform, and I mean, you can't really argue with that resume. No, no, you can't. And I mean, to your point there, I mean, if he, if he, he's, he's advocating for the agent. I mean, the business itself, Compass, is making money from providing the software and the services, right? I mean, they're not really tied to those commissions at all. Is there a risk there, I guess I'm asking, where in time, we see companies like Redfin or uh, we, we see the move towards iBuying that's bringing down those, those commission costs. Is there a risk there with Compass that dwindling commission costs then impacts their revenue, or is their revenue relatively insulated from that? Well, one big misconception about iBuying, and this is actually very good news for the traditional brokerage model, is that it doesn't have commissions. Right. Um, iBuying can be more expensive than the 6% commission model. Um, I know uh, OfferPad's standard rate is 7%, more than the 6% standard broker commission. So not only are you likely to get kind of underbid on your house by these iBuyers compared to what you're going to get on the open market, but the commissions are generally in the 7% range. In Redfin case, Redfin's case... Zillow's case, uh, Open Door's case, they're all in the 7% ballpark. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, you're paying for that convenience, right? I mean, it's, it's, you're, 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 that, that is that trade off there. I mean, you're, you're going to, I've always felt like eye buying is really just scratching that itch for people who don't have unlimited time, right? When time is an issue, then eye buying becomes more and more attractive. Right. And, and what Redfin does through its brokerage business, it takes the seller side of the commission. So norm, and normally that 6%, 3% goes to the selling agent, 3% goes to the, the buyer's agent. It takes that 3% selling agent commission and cuts it in half. So you know, red, the standard Redfin commission is 4.5% total. It's not nothing. Yeah. So I, th- we're not going to see these big commission pressures, especially from the iBuying world anytime soon. So I don't think in that way they have to really worry about the how they make money aspect of it. I think if they're adding value, I mean, ninety-nine percent of real estate's still sold through traditional brokerages. Yeah, and you know, I, we mentioned how much iBuying's growing. iBuying still has a one percent market share, which means that what Compass is doing has a ninety-nine percent market share. Right. Um, well, and that's. I mean, I and I'm glad you said that because to me, like, it's very easy to fall for that sexy iBuying is the future headline with your open doors and Redfin's and Zillow's and their pursuits in that market. But the fact of the matter is, and I mean, we've talked about this over the last decade. I think that real estate has just been one of those markets less, uh, just just less prone to disruption from technology. Like, it's just it just it's remained so resilient in the way it, it's just. It's just the way we've always done it, and so they just keep on doing it that way. So, I mean, any any time, I mean, I'm 
you're going to see I buy and gain shared, but you're still going to have this massive opportunity in the traditional model. It just it, it, it strikes me as very difficult to believe that that traditional model goes away anytime, meaningfully at least, over the course of the next decade. Yeah, no, I don't. I even the most bullish people on I buying like me think it's going to take decades to play out. Right. Um, I mean, I think by you know 2040, I buying will have the majority. Yeah. Um, that's 20 years from now. And I wouldn't even think it's going to be <laughs> yeah. dominant. I think it's going to have the majority in 20 years. And I'm like the most bullish person I know on iBuying. <laughs> so this, I mean, it's not going away anytime soon, especially in smaller markets. It's really going to take a long time. The iBuying model really makes sense in, you know, densely populated areas where there's a ton of housing data, where it's real easy for these iBuyers to algorithmically judge the value of a house. Yeah. In kind of more spread out areas, it's not as practical. So, I mean, you're going to see a big need for agent-assisted transactions for decades to come. Yeah. Even even if you're really bullish on iBuying. So, I'm not that worried about the industry going away anytime soon. So, one last question here before we wrap up, because I, I think this is, this is one of these things I, I look at, I'm trying to figure out exactly why this is the case. But we've got a business here that is clearly growing very quickly. Uh, no, it's not profitable yet, but it's it's chalking up these these ninety percent plus gross margins. I mean, it seems like a very high margin software type business, participating in a massive and growing market opportunity in a resilient and really a necessary market opportunity. Um, why do you think this business is trading for what seems like such a low multiple today, in the context of so many businesses out there where thirty times sales is kind of the new <laughs> PE? Right. I mean, this is a business that it, it, it's got a five and a half billion dollar market cap. I mean, it's basically trading at one-time sales. Uh, no, it's not profitable yet, but it's going to get there. I just, I wonder, do you, do you have any feelings to why maybe the the market might be giving this this might not be giving this stock the same type of, of love it's giving a lot of these other uh, tech darlings? It's, the short answer is it's a lower margin business. Yeah. Um, real estate in general. You, I mean, when you sell a home, six percent profit margin. Uh, you know. Or three percent profit margin for the seller's agent. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a lower margin business is is really the big key to it. Um, it's really tough to make the kind of gross margins you're seeing from some of those thirty times sales companies. Yeah, in in a, any sort of real estate business. I mean, if you look at any of the the i buying i buying big big guys, I mean, they're trading for you know very small multiples of sales just because it's, it's low margin business. Well, definitely one worth keeping an eye on. It certainly piqued my interest, and I'm going to learn more about it myself. And so I appreciate you taking the time to dig into it today for us and our listeners, Matt. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us for this week, though. So thanks again for uh, taking the time to jump in here and uh, give us your two cents. Sure. Always happy to be here. Um, stock market's still down today. I haven't even looked. Yep, yep. Yep. But you know, that's just the way it goes. You got to take the good <laughs> with the bad, right? It's a good We're... day to do nothing in the market. Exactly. That's why we play the long game. <laughs> All right, Matt, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again. All right, Jason. And that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MF Industry Focus or drop us an email at industryfocusatfool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks, as always, to Tim Sparks for putting the show together for us. For Matt Frankel, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 